0: Hey folks, welcome to episode number 15 of Josh's Worst Nightmare, presented by Denver Horror Collective. I'm your host, Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, I'm honored to have E.C. Hansen. E.C. Hansen earned his MFA in dramatic writing from NYU's Tisch School of the Arts and was the recipient of an Outstanding Writing for the Screen Certificate. His work has been published by Smith and Krauss and Applause Books in eight play anthologies. More than 35 of his plays have been developed and produced in the United States. Curious Blue Press, Trembling with Fear, Ghost Orchid Press, Collective Tales, and The Parliament House have published his fiction d Publishing released his first collection, All Things Deadly, Salem Stories, in 2021, while Demand Publishing will release his first novella in early 2022. Welcome to my nightmare, EC.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Glad you're here for every episode. Of course, I invite on horror authors to talk about an aspect of bio-horror. So that's living creatures, vital processes, however you want to frame it usually relevant to their writing. And so for this episode, we're talking about the alcohols. So why are we talking about that?
1: Um, I guess probably the, the best way to stretch this out would be, so I think thematically or in stories that I really relate to, I don't want to say they're just strictly about alcohol, but like we can, we can go in genre or out of genre like, Um, I don't know if you saw the film Hoosiers with Gene Hackman and Dennis Hopper, but like there's a, you know, a son dealing with a dad with a problem and he gets a shot at redemption, if you will. And that's, that's like touching. I'm a big sports fanatic. So obviously that one, when I saw it at a young age played, but why it played and why it was significant is I guess I'm also fascinated by if you want to talk about biology or genes and what, not just blue jeans but you know what I'm saying. um where we come from and what's like within and what will influence us like my dad he passed away in uh late january mm-hmm. and huge drinker huge shrinker and now I, I i say all that and it's like it became like an estranged relationship i hadn't seen him in 30 years 30 plus years and um so you can't really escape the relevance of alcohol in your life and then when you see it in the genre and or when i really cling towards horror films and it's not just to pump up stephen king because quite frankly you know sometimes it's like okay i mean i love finding or discovering authors that don't really have much of a following yet however you know the shining and what that's all about what they do with a jack character and and the funniest thing is i saw dr sleep and that came up um with the with the sun um but i thought i didn't love the book but i thought the way you handled alcoholism with the sun in the book dr sleep was exceptional so i guess it's one of those things i want to say i flock to but it's just like anybody like you tend to feed your feed yourself feed yourself this type of stuff and for years i've part-time worked at a liquor store and it's a it's weird how it can tie into writing where I could sit down, crack a beer, crack, you know, put a sniff to a whiskey and get down to business. I'm not saying I'm going full Hemingway about it, but, um, I worked part time for years at a liquor store and years ago, my father got a job as a liquor rep. And my mother said like, that was the beginning of the end. Once he got that job, now I'm not going to blame bosses or whatever, but there's pressure to have a drink and go out to bars and you know, try and sell the owner on a certain type of booze. So you're going to crack one. You're going to, Hey, let's, let's crack into the bottle. You have tasting bottles and all that. So I guess from a personal standpoint, I can't avoid it. And I don't like to avoid the things that have had a huge impact in my life, but I have also gone through my life very cognizant of, well, crap, you know, the people that have been around me, they'll talk about the ways I'm like my father and then, then I'll also be like, well, I worked part time for years at a liquor store. I'm very aware of like, I really like this stuff, but there's also a stopping point, and that doesn't make me like special in any way. It's just I respect the booze, right? And I really like it, but I respect the booze. And um, in terms of content or how it could come up, it. it will thematically come up. And I know, you know, some authors know you know, I don't know, which authors say this, but it comes up, you know, it's a pretty common thing where there something will come up in their life like they're trying to figure out. I'm not necessarily trying to figure out alcoholism because I think there's so many different shades of it. And my liquor store experience is you see the kindest father in the world walk in and he's great with his daughter and he's buying five nipper bottles and he's gonna slip out the store and get in this truck and you're like, I really hope he doesn't drink those and then 10 minutes later you forget about it and go outside and the empties are in the parking lot and then you, you know, you're know you you holding your face like oh man but then also you're telling telling the owner or you're just grabbing a phone because you're like this is just so tragic but on the, on the other hand you're like the nicest guy and people rave about his reputation and this and that and you go but he's got a little habit and I think mm-hmm. in relation to the genre so it's not just about oh, liquor store experiences are my dad. I think it relates to the genre because I think, I'm actually gonna plug your book for a second, which um, you do a wonderful thing with hope and dread, which I think most people or, or most authors, I can't encourage enough. If you can kind of get down the hope dread of like hoping, dreading, hoping, dreading, it's like frequent like back and forth. I think that comes up with people in alcoholism, like you. Wish for them to get clean. You don't know how to talk to them. And it's just, you can capture so much in the nuance of these, you know. And I could sit here and go, Hey, that's your brother. Why can't you just tell him he has a problem? And it's like, That's my brother. And it's awkward. And it, 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 they start off saying one thing and it doesn't, it could lead to fireworks or it leads to no fireworks. And they have a good, tender moment. And you're like, But in relation to the genre, it doesn't have to be all, you know monsters and ghouls and witches and this it can or you know blood and guts and gore like the movie saw it can be the terrors within and confronting our own demons and a lot of times yes we crack our booze to celebrate oh i have an anniversary i have a book release i have uh i got a you know promotion or you know a new partner whatever it may be but then how powerful booze can be is you're always finding ways to oh that's another reason I could have another. Or if you're you're in a dynamic where someone's encouraging you to have another. And then on the flip side, there are those who strongly dismiss anybody who's ever had that problem. So when I mentioned like my father passing, um my mother has a very complex relationship with him as she should because of the you know her marriage was quite horrifying on a nightly basis which is dad. I don't expect her to just come full circle, but my dad near the end really changed it and it got clean. And it wasn't for a long time. He got clean at the end. And, but by that point, the damage was done with all his personal relationships. It was like, you, you die alone, you have nobody. And what does it all stem from? How you got when you were consuming alcohol in huge quantities and he couldn't control it. and so I guess in terms of stories, man, I just try and, you know, you know, all the characters have wants and stories, of course, but what's holding them back? What's the obstacle? Sometimes it's not just traffic on a highway. Sometimes it's like, ah, uh, he wants to, you know, he wants another drink. And is he going to pop out of his car and leave the car running with his daughter in the car? And let's say the scenario is somebody steals the car and takes off with his daughter. Cause he wanted to go get three nipper bottles. Mm-hmm. I know those are heightened situations, but that's horror too. You know what I mean? So I think that's why, you know, when I thought about coming on here and I joked, I don't know, (laughs) know, I don't know what I would talk about or what would be relevant. It is relevant in my work, but I also think, from a genetic standpoint, some of us have that. Maybe we don't turn out like our parents or oh, our grandfather was a big drunk or whatever. But if we don't monitor and respect where we came from, you know, it's the whole history repeating and it could get out of hand really fast. And these are, and to make villains out of, and I think that's what's so interesting is, you know, we do the hush, hush. Oh, he's a drunk or she's a drunk or she went to AA. It's like, well, shouldn't we be celebrating the fact that that's a person that went to a place and also recognize the battle of, God, you know, you conquered that and you come out and maybe you slipped up two months later or a year later or two years later and it was just a one slip up. But we like, we just will crucify those people. Like they, you know, should be walking around with some type of like scarlet letter. Like it's pretty, it's pretty sad. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to make it sound like I'm like, <laughs> like, my dad drank at a level and I know some people where it's like very uncomfortable and I've had some very uncomfortable experiences at the liquor store. But I also think we should be celebrating and trying to put our arm around the people that are like, I have a problem, I need to get better, and I need help, and that they're willing. It's only very uncomfortable when no one will talk about it, people are afraid to help, or someone's actively refusing help, pretends they don't have a problem, then it gets really ugly. But from a creator or a writer of anything, it gives you a lot of material because conflict is everything, you know, and, and subtext and what's being said and what's not being said, and it can buy you a lot of miles. So, you know, kind of why I would say overall the topic or areas relevant to me in my life.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a great summary of why that's important to you. And I think there's a lot of folks who can resonate with that. I mean, everyone has had some experience with alcohol, some it's just, casual drinking. Some it's this, I don't ever drink. And that's a kind of relationship, right? And then there are people who every, most people who've used alcohol have used it to quote excess or whatever, but then there are people who have become alcoholics. And what's so interesting about alcohol, and there's so many things, and you've touched on a lot of that, but it's lightness and dark, right? So you can, you can be a happy drunk, right? You can somebody you drink and it's in some ways it's like your best self right like i know some crotchety people particularly my family when they drink you know just a little bit a couple drinks all of a sudden they're actually really kind and courteous and you know i've talked with members of my family like we have to get them drunk more often because this is how they're supposed to be like it's almost like it's tearing away a layer that they build up around them but then there's of course people who get scary drunk, mean drunk, violent drunk, whether that's actually their core being or whether that is something that's triggered by alcohol, who knows, but there's all that stuff. And of course, there's the physical impact, the bodily impact of alcohol. It's, it is poison, right? So I'm somebody who I have a few drinks a week, and I think it's great. But it is definitely poison, and if I have more than a few, I, I feel it, which is, I think, what has kept me from drinking a lot more, because I don't like hangovers. So just hangovers on their own is a form of biological horror, in my opinion. It's like the worst I've ever felt has been really hungover. Like, I, Do you have any hangover hangover, hangover stories you can tell? <laughs>
1: Uh, that's funny um one real quick note before i share that yeah. I, it, I think it's great to kind of like if we did a poster board of the spectrum of and for you to bring up the people that don't drink you know when i was at nyu and this isn't this isn't to say oh, everybody at nyu is just getting swashed, but you know one of the writers i respected the most he'd go with us to the bar all the time like he'd show up to every bar every year and never drink, just drinking water or a coke or whatever right. and it's no judgments at all i mean actually to me i'm like man damn like that's pretty great you know what i mean and but it's so funny how like a crowd or a group is like it's like that stigma of, oh he must have had a problem in the past right. i'm like he doesn't have a, if you talk to this guy he didn't have a problem he just doesn't have a taste for the stuff doesn't care for yeah. it never does it right. who cares you know it's like maybe even like you know marijuana i have no interest in whatever it's like a he is a strong aversion to it doesn't want it whatever but it's not gonna um preventing him from socializing with the group and he's not actually one of those people going out there and going dismissing everybody like wow you had a 24 ounce beer or whatever right. um in terms of you know alcohol can be pretty valuable not just to consume it obviously And it's a kind of a joke but in you know my wife kids around like oh you don't really ever get smashed not that she ever she doesn't really but i mean like I'm like, no, I don't really what you were talking about. I hate the feeling, but years ago, in my early 20s, I the day after college, I moved to LA, so Los Angeles, and um, I became friends. My brother was an actor, or is an actor, and he was ran his own sketch comedy show, and you know, I'd start hanging out with all these people, and you know, just typical thing, I like. This, this guy, his name is Matt. He's like one of the most personable guys, just most engaging guys ever. He looks he's like a dead ringer for like JFK Jr. So he's like a good looking guy, like women really attracted to. And um, I just really liked him. I thought he was so cool. When I went to this party, you know, designs on a particular <laughs> female from not, I mean, like just from a, like, oh, wow, we hit it off last time. I wanted to talk to her. Well, I showed up to this party without eating. And was with my brother's girlfriend. We were just splitting a bottle of red wine, and that just hit like nobody's business. I didn't even need, so you're talking about a hangover, but this wasn't a hangover. I just hadn't eaten all day. And all of a sudden, here's this alcohol thing. And I got really mean mm-hmm. with him. And it mm-hmm. obviously derived some type of, uh, this is early 20s. So we're talking nearly a 20 year old story for, sure. uh, but I was so the next day after hearing, they're like, man, you're like, everybody's like, you're so nice. And then you have this moment. They're like, man, what a, what a dick. And like, yeah. like you were awful. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, and I couldn't apologize. Not, not to that guy, Matt. And oddly enough, i literally lived in LA for like two years and he became like my best friend out there. But I, I mean, to his credit, you know, he, I, mean, I really, I don't even know what I said or whatever. I just got nasty and it's so out of character. Mm-hmm. But it was also one of those things, not just like, hey, you know, you better eat if you're going to have a couple of drinks. But, you know, you see the commercials where, like, hey, you know, water up or water in between drinks and things like that. And it was such a humbling moment for me, also considering my background, because I've really gone through my life not really having any kind of enemies or having any kind of big blowouts with anybody. So for me to like lead one, Mm -hmm. just because i'm like she's clearly more interested in you (laughs) this is not a reason to take him down verbally and you know the power of the booze the power of a moment power of not monitoring how much was going in and you know not being in control and that's uh you know i i think i didn't feel good why i would join my brother on uh, spring break but he had you know five years older, his friends are a few years older. I think I just got sick from having a little too much or whatever, but not no nasty behavior. But mm-hmm. you know, I'd much rather take on the oh if you got sick instead of being nasty to anybody. And um yeah, that wouldn't like I said, isn't fully clear, but the the your feeling of how you felt as a person the next day just really landed and stayed with me for a long time. So mm-hmm but that's what they you know, like i said also so interesting about the category is like you you make that um observation kind of kind of like you're kidding but maybe not but like about family you're like hey wow they really loosen up when they have like a drink or to like have a glass of champagne but you could also have some who are really like wanna see you a certain way like they're like yeah keep waiting. and it's sometimes you're like i don't i don't need a cheerleader i just want to you know, have two or three drinks and enjoy my and I'm totally fine and enjoying myself. But I don't know, party context, things like that. Those are like, you know, years long gone. But um, it is interesting to see how people not just react when they consume it, but how they react to others. It feels like we're like high school bullying starts of like, have more, have more, I'm having more. Like, right? And you're like, Jesus, like, calm down. And then they get heated and you're like, well, you're probably getting heated because you had too much. Sure. (laughs)
0: So, Yeah. Well, sometimes maybe it strips away aspects and maybe, maybe that was just a part of you that did want to stand up to him. It's like, stop, stop stealing the women. And maybe, maybe that wasn't a bad thing to maybe stand up to him a little bit. He became your friend later. So maybe it's like, shit, maybe that cleared the air, but obviously not advocating for, for drunken anger, but the other side of it. So there's drunken anger, sadness, but then there can be lightheartedness, all that, you know, it's almost like angel or demon, Ozzy Osbourne song, demon alcohol. But so bringing us to demons and stuff like that, how have you utilized alcohol in your horror, either to create it or in the stories themselves?
1: I would say mainly in the collection, um, you know, the novella of which the, uh, probably don't want to discuss this because I'm going to like fine tune stuff with the project and, you know, contract and all those types of things. So, and alcohol doesn't come up so much in that, but in the collection, and like I told you, there was a, there was a review recently, which was it was a kind review, but it was actually kind of a nice thing to see. Not that I was like, man, I hope somebody notices. all the, the alcohol through line in, this story, in these stories, it wasn't that, but I was like, It was a nice, it was nice for me because I was like, well, they clearly that they read and I don't know, it left an impression. So in regards to the story, so um, just for context in the book and I'll dive in how alcohol plays a role. So the book is framed. There's like a seven part storyline it's called uh, about the frost family so it's like a former paranormal investigator and his troubled daughter and you keep coming back to that through the book so some people like some of my family members are like wait a minute why is this broken up or I don't understand it's like there's one story it's like yeah it's the seven part story so that's like your main frame alcohol doesn't really come up in that and actually the father doesn't really drink there's actually a little scene later in the book where you know he wants to have a drink to you know kind of cool off and relax. And it, I try to capture something like, wow, when you don't drink and you actually have a drink, it's like your body can't even handle it. You know what I mean? he's kind of like a, for lack of a better word, kind of a dorky dad kind of at a loss for how to bond with his daughter. And he has this little moment. Um, the other stories are just set set in Salem or relate to Salem in some way, but alcohol does play a role. Like I have, there's a story called The Five Day Fisherman and you see this this fisherman have these exchanges with we just learn her to be girl, right? And that she's just his daily visitor checking in on him and he just drinking or she sees the result of his drinking on a daily basis. And you know, you pick up the vibe that she definitely does not approve. So it's like I I really I think alcohol is so interesting too, and it can leave such an impression because if you're young and I was young and I saw it now, my brother saw it much worse because he's a little bit older and that landed at a time where he was way more vulnerable. I was under 10. So it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of sense <laughs> the vibe that this is a big problem, but not as much as when you're 12 or 13. So, um, but in regards to the story, and I think something that comes up, and yes, it's via alcohol, is when like kids or adults in the encounter in in an encounter or a situation with an adult like the adult is just like a hot mess and drinking or drinks in front of him it still doesn't mean they, they treat the kid bad or anything like that but that's that story to me is interesting because she disapproves but really cares about him kind of getting his head straight but they just have these nice little back and forth, like nice little rhythmic exchanges, mm-hmm. right? He's just, there's, there's no change in them. There's no change in them, but he does care about her. And you know, through that story, you'd come to find out why. Now on the flip side, somebody asked me recently, like, Oh, what was one of the favorite stories. There's a story called regress, which is about, which is totally different, but alcohol comes out in a big way. Um, It's a man who's about to hit his 10 year anniversary for not drinking. And the story starts off in the way where his significant other's a nurse and he's got this, you know, whiteboard kind of counting down the all the days he's been clean, like, you know, just because it's not just something people do, but it's just, you know, we have our you you celebrate your little accomplishments and making it to ten years is obviously some type of feat. However, he's with somebody that doesn't really want to acknowledge it or pay it much mind or celebrate it. And so he thinks it's, Hey, we can have this nice, just this nice night together to acknowledge how significant this is because my problem used to be so bad before, you know, before I met you, my problem used to be so bad. And she takes a work shift and goes off and takes like a double. And then in his head, it's like, well, what does he want more than, you know, after spending time with, he wants a drink. Right. <laughs> it becomes like that voice. You know, I'm always fascinated by, you know, and I'm going I bring up an actor example, I remember like, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman is such a, it was so incredible. My God, my goodness. And I think that was more to do with drugs, but you could be away from something like that for so long and then come back and just have like a horrible weekend, obviously horrible because of how it ends, but just, you know, some people are even like, not just fans, but people are like so dismissive of like, oh you know, da, da, da. Right. and you know, we need to like, life is hard. Life <laughs> is really hard yeah. and we need to praise people. Like I'm, I'm, I wish I was better at this. I'm kind of, I grew up in a tough environment of like, you know, my mom was scratching and calling for everything. And in that situation, my dad wasn't around and, um, and my brother and I are the same way. We don't really know it any different. So I have a hard time. I'm like, oh, crap. I should probably praise this person. <laughs> like they're they're doing something really well. But like back to what I said earlier. And I think what this character is really searching for, and all he wants is like it could just be a night where he's staying and get takeout and get in, and play some board games. But just give me the which we want sometimes from parents or our loved ones. I'm proud of you. That's a huge accomplishment. You should be so proud. And I think our relates back to our relationship with alcohol. And why I bring up Philip Seymour Hoffman, we don't acknowledge the, yeah, but he was clean for 15 years. Mm -hmm. We don't acknowledge it's just like the, what a waste. What Mm -hmm. a stupid, what stupid decision-making this and that. And you're like, you can't, Mm -hmm. I, I say all this, Josh, and it's been, it's very hard, though, too, because you could be around people with these problems, then they can make your life, your daily life tense because you're like, they're not accepting help. They don't want help. And it's very awkward. So that could bring about a lot of conflict. But at the same time, when you have people who are willing and this character's clearly been willing, I wanted to explore. Well, there's no there's no parade for going on this journey and there's no parade for hitting the one year mark, five year mark or 10 year mark. And. You know, something that always stuck me—it's a believe it or not, like a old <laughs> quarterback reference. Uh, it just sounds so hokey, but it actually helped with me in my writing, or whenever I get a ton of rejections or anything, or something doesn't pan out. it's that notion of celebrate your successes as much as you harp on the failures—and then I've done a much better job in my life not harping on failures anymore because I'm like, oh, this could get rejected and. Maybe this magazine or this play anthology or this place is looking for short plays. Maybe we'll take a look at it like I don't really care. But at the same time, when something good happens, I never used to celebrate anything. I'd be like, OK, but what's next? Because I want to go up one more rung on the ladder. And I think in regards like to the story of that character and when it's alcohol, we don't really. I don't know. They can't they can't do enough to make it right they have to get clean and be perfect the rest of their lives right. which is so harsh and so unfortunate but that's been my vibe and i try to go for a vibe like that and i don't know if i'm taking up too much of your time am i talking too much no
0: no no that's the point of the ad- right. that's the purpose <laughs> no. of a podcast All right.
1: <laughs> um I, <laughs> and i think one other story worth mentioning that it definitely comes up is so you yeah, have the fisherman one, which is just this guy has this daily habit for reasons that you'll come to learn about. Here you have a, you know, in regress, you have a man who's just, I've made it this far. All I want is acknowledgement. And then, then, then you have a story called Samsara, which is about a woman with a drinking problem races to places the second they open and but also knows about habits, not just that she has a habit but is hyper aware of, oh, if I go to that place, i become a regular. I'm going to kind of spread my, <laughs> spread my visits around. So she tries to go to this new brewery, but it's closed and goes into this little shop next door. But it's really, I try to put a ticking clock on that. Um, for it's like 15 minutes until that place opens mm-hmm. and she's a widow and you learn, kind of learn about something with her, with her former husband. And, um, but just how something bizarre happens in there, but that's all related to this need for the first drink. You know, that that first drink. And like I said, I've been around like, you know, granted this is through my mother, but my brother can vouch for it. You know, like my father, he's like 6'5", 240, 250 So you have to understand too, it's like this stuff didn't even like hit him that hard. And once mm-hmm. you get you got to a certain level, you're like, man, they could probably put down so much before it even takes in you know, any kind of impact on him. But he right. um would get to a place where he'd start the day class of orange juice, filled, you know, like seventy five percent vodka and then top it off with orange juice. That's your you know, we again, not getting up more for regular OJ and coffee, that's how we're starting the day. And mm-hmm. then, you know, landscaper work, six pack of beer through that, and then you jump to a you know, seven fifty milliliter bottle of tequila or, or vodka or something of the like to close out your night, you're like, there's a whole lot of drinking. Mm-hmm. But it's also with my part-time liquor store experiences, you know, I'm fixing a display or something at eight 35 in the morning. We're 25 minutes before open, And I do have three or four people coming up and yanking on those doors going, hey, 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 Hey. And then, you know, and it's not, this is not to, this is not for the evening. This is not for, and they're buying half pint, a hundred proof, and you know you're you, you don't try and judge, and you sell, and you hope they're going to be okay, and you just hope that that goes the rest of the day, and come back at one o'clock for a pint, and you're like oh, and you know there's so many people out there too, common sense wise, where you know the people a little bit more straight laced or good about their alcohol, will be like, well, why are you buying the, <laughs> why are you buying twelve nips? You could buy the the regular size bottle and that gets you like five extra glasses or whatever and you save money. And it's like, and some people, you don't, know, you know, cause they're going to go out and drink it right then and there or shortly thereafter. Right. But I've had people be very candid. It's so tragic. It's very sad. Um, and you know, I've told my wife or anybody close to me, I'm like, look, I, I like booze, but I, if I ever get to this type of place, please like a, I, I, I'll fold for you, but you got to speak up if I'm in this state and I'm not like aware of it, but yeah. they, um, what was I going to say? I've had some can be say to me, like if no, 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 I know I'll save money, but if I buy that big one, I'm going to drink the whole thing. And now by the day's end, they might drink more than that, that bottle was, but they're, it's like, they're trying through the day. Yeah. And that's when it's like, from a writer's standpoint, Josh, man, it's like, oh, God. Like, what a battle with this monster. Like, it is such a, it's, a, it's such a horrible disease, but what a battle. But they're just so at odds and really trying, I'll just get one. Or I'll just get a half pint. I'll right. just get two nips. Right. And they're not trying. They're not making mental plans to be like, oh, I'll go to Subway for lunch and then come back at one. You know, right. like, right. they don't intend to. And then it just, I don't watch them. Obviously, I don't follow them and all that. would be creepy, but, but um, you know, you put back a lot of stuff before 1 or 2 p.m. And I always turn to people uh, without seriously not trying to judge. I just try to incorporate it in my writing. And I really, it's like that seek to understand and. Yeah. Probably because my dad wasn't around. I know the big impact of alcohol on our lives, but he wasn't around much for me. So it's kind of like, I guess that's where my fascination lies. But when I watch this with the, with customers, the occasional customer, it's like, oh, man. And then I sit down, and I go, it's 2 p.m. Like, what happens if they stay, if they don't go to bed till 10? Right. That's eight hours of extra. That's a whole, like, they're out driving. They're at, I'm like, that guy's in work clothes and like i said not trying to rip them but you're going oh no like how much is going to get in that in that body before they're content so in relation to horror yeah that's a that's a horror show
0: yes yeah well it's so relevant to the genre and just to fiction in general this it's the internal struggle so so often in Fiction, of course, it's like, oh, here comes a monster. I'm gonna fight it. Punch, punch, punch. And that's fine, right? That's cool. We need to have that. But the fighting of the thing that's inside of you, and then the drinking, it's almost like it's like a werewolf transformation, right? And yeah, you switch and you change, and you're like, I'm not gonna do it. And that is a really touching thing. It's like they're trying to do portion control. They're like, No, I'm gonna only have this much, I'm gonna have just this many milliliters or whatever and or this many ounces in the back of their mind they're like well i i might have more but no if i buy that full bottle i'm going to drink so yeah they're making an effort and i think you're right giving folks way more credit it's very easy to to dismiss and not understanding how difficult that struggle is and i'd like to see that more in fiction there certainly i certainly have read stuff and yeah stephen king comes to mind because he had those experiences and he did a good job of of that, but I think, in terms of more of that literal struggle of alcoholism, but then also some analogies that can be brought into the horror world because it is—it's a—it's an—it's a terrible addiction to something that can be totally fine, right? Like, yeah, there's probably casual heroin user, users, but that's a little more intense, right? Like, Not sure. But alcohol, there's there's really no. Real problems with having a few drinks a week, but that can easily drop you off the ledge. And there's, there are very few things like that that can just, you know, be totally fine, almost angelic in your life, but then also demonic. and So it sounds like I'm looking forward to reading your, your book because I mean, first of all, because Salem does have a, a place in my heart, and also because uh, of all that you're saying about this, sounds fascinating.
1: Yeah, and no thanks. Um... And you know it's uh what was I gonna say? You know we and and the people that drink too. It's like you know, we can't discount this um, COVID impact on the nation. Yes. I mean, I the liquor store I'm at now, working part time. I started working there last July, so years ago. I, I worked almost for a decade at a store, and then that it just went out of business. But with COVID. I mean, I, I talked to this owner and he was like, we've never been busier. This is out of control. Mm-hmm. Like, this is out of control. He's like, I didn't have enough staff. I'm I'm staying late hours, curbside pickup, all this stuff. I was because we're wearing masks and all this and that. That right. was like, he was like, he, and then now, I mean, obviously with the Delta variant, but he was like, it's so hard to gauge when we felt we're kind of coming out of it. Like I don't even know how to order anymore because <laughs> that year and a half was so insane. And really the first three to three to five months, he said, it was just like gangbusters. And he was like, I didn't do anything special. I wasn't promoting anything special. He's just right next to a grocery store. But when you make that a man, you know, um, obviously it was like a required or mandatory. I don't know. It got the approval. Um, I don't know how they phrased that. I don't know, necessary place to have open whatever but the the fact that they meant to grade it would have been interesting if they what would have happened if they didn't allow it but right i mean
0: essential I essential about, business right yeah, thank yeah. You, essential, the yeah. pot shops here in colorado were essential businesses too <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how that just went out of control and now obviously i mean i'm I just turned 43. I haven't seen anything like COVID up until that point, so it was just right. like, oh wow. But how, you know, people really struggling. And when you put, I'm afraid of this thing. I can't see, and I'm afraid of my loved ones are gonna get sick, and I can't really go places. Yep. And I'm and I'm stuck indoors. So some some people like for us, you know, we like to write. That's totally fine with me. I'm like, sweet, nice. Right. Yep. <laughs> But for other people they you know, like travel or do water sports or things like that, or, or just like being at the office, like, they're like losing their minds yeah. or they're, and then they're also home going, I could go to the grocery store or I could go to the liquor store yes. or, okay. yeah. yeah, and you're like, wow, yeah. that that's your big event either for the day or the week. But, um, so I think just overall in terms of the collection though, you know, I would say it definitely comes up and I do try to capture different shades of it. Um, and that is important to me where it's not just, Oh, that's like another, just like the same old, same old alcohol story. Sure. Um, but it's clearly important because of my background and upbringing and how, you know, it, it's a weird thing to go through life. Like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like my dad, but it, I don't want to get to the place that he got. Cause then you go into zones where alcohol induced this, and then you become something and Then your wife or whomever is staring at you going, that's not who I married. And those are unfortunate zones to be in. And obviously as a wife in particular, or children to look at it like their father changing. But um, I think that's overall why I didn't sit down and map out these stories going, Hey, what's, yeah. uh, going to be, everybody's going to praise. This as like, man, the go-to <laughs> alcohol book, right. but I can't escape it. Now being aware of how much it's in here in three or four stories, um, I do another collection or a different book. I'll probably be a little bit more like, okay, now I'm going to have to like push myself to do something different, but I can't deny, uh, that it, matters but it matters for a lot of my life experiences and you know and it's an interesting uh land to be in because the genre is so polarizing and like look at what i talked about with people in alcohol we're ready to write them off for whatever they have this problem mm-hmm. even when they will willingly go get help you're like yeah. you know some people in the horror genre could be writing the best fiction but we won't give it a chance because we would think that's all blood and guts and that's just just low subs no substance crap like sure. uh you know have you read these authors but sure. if you're not a willing willing mind or you're not open to looking at things from the other side or a different viewpoint you're never going to you're not going to be rooting for the drunk trying to get clean you're not going to be rooting for the for you know maybe they won't find your book which is just great and just because of it, under some umbrella of yeah maybe this is in horror but at the same time labeling it that like he, people need to mentally get beyond these labels and just treat it as like this is a book and perhaps it'll grab me and that may a person trying to get help or that's a person who needs help and maybe we should try to help them and if they tell 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 me to get lost well then you, you tried and yeah, yeah you I, really,
0: I really like that yeah the, that's a really great analogy between the person who's struggling with alcohol and the maybe the person who's struggling as a writer. It's like, let's not label people. Let's give people a chance and try to look at things from a new perspective. So, well, I really thank you for coming on. This was great. And I still have not read your collection, but I absolutely certainly will. I spent a little time in salem i'll end on this it's not actually a good story at all so it's probably a bad <laughs> idea to end it but i was no, 17 and i wanted to take a trip out to salem i was just like a weird kid and uh, I, I can't remember if my first year of college i don't remember i think i was about 17 and i just drove out to salem because i was reading a lot of lovecraft and stuff like that and all i did was i just walked up and down the streets looking at the houses (laughs) like that's it because they had crazy old architecture i didn't do anything cool i did i didn't drink anything or, or do drugs or hang out with anyone i just walked looked at the houses like pictured myself in some earlier time and then camped out somewhere near the ocean but it was a great trip and yeah maybe your work will evoke some of my time there but so where can people find your work you see
1: um I would just say the best thing is at Instagram. Uh, that's at H- Haddonfield Hanson. So Haddonfield for obviously the the location in the original Halloween, it's made up made up area in Illinois. So Haddonfield Hanson. Um, I do have an Amazon author page, so you could find the link on Instagram and go from there. But those are the those are the best ones. And um, you know whether it's podcasts or interviews or anything like that. Or um, I do try and posts i mean they're not even reviews but just films i recommend because i teach a horror themed writing class and <laughs> um i'm going to do a because of the having a six-month-old baby i'm like can't review everybody's stuff but um i know i'm going to do a little mini post about your book in a few days so look for that so cool
0: <laughs> yeah. well, i appreciate that i would have had you on other anyways <laughs> but uh but no that's i definitely appreciate that and uh Yeah, thanks. This was great.
1: No, no problem. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's Worst Nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg, survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great, and sometimes disturbing, weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshsworstnightmare.com where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Malinae, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback Hardcover or ebook at Amazon, godless.com, or Josh's Worst Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg.